All right, let's pray, and then um, we'll take the time we have left. Lord, thank you that you are here by your Spirit. You speak. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us in the dark, but that you have given us Scripture. We come right now to look at that. Lord, I pray that you would teach us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to move um, rather quickly here with the time I have left. I knew I wouldn't have very much time left. Um, but let's let's continue working through Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to look at verses 1 through 16 this morning. And because uh, the time is short, I have no, I'm not going to share a story or anything like that. We're just going to, we're going to jump in here. And uh, I'd like to see if I can make it through these, these verses here. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to begin with verse 1, where I began this morning as I welcomed you. It says this, as a prisoner for the Lord, I did not actually read that part this morning, did I? As a prisoner for the Lord, remember Paul was in prison then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Stop there. This is like thesis. This is main point. This is what Paul is wanting to communicate in relation to the verses that we're going to hear here in a bit. Um, he's saying, I want you, I urge you. To live a life worthy of the calling. You have been called to a life. God has called you. Now, now live in a way that is worthy of that. And then he goes on. I want you to be completely humble. Be humble and gentle. Those two are really tied together. Be humble and gentle. And be patient. Be patient. So that you can actually maintain unity. Make every effort... We have a choice. I have a choice. You have a choice. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. How do we keep the unity of the Spirit? He answered it. Humility. Patience. How do you and I maintain unity? Remember, I don't bring unity. Jesus did that. I am not unity. Jesus is. Jesus is the one who saved us by grace. He's the one that brings us together. He creates this multi-ethnic community called the church. He brings us together. He has brought unity. But now he's saying, hey, there's this responsibility on our part. Jesus brought it. Now you maintain it. All of us maintain the unity. This is a major point here that Paul is wanting to make. Read on. Verses 4 through 6 here. He says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. That's a lot of one, isn't it? That's a lot of unity. It's it's there. Do you notice that he actually draws attention to the Trinity, though it's never said Trinity. He's just he's drawing attention to one spirit. 
He's drawing attention to one Lord. Who is one Lord? That's Jesus. There's, there's one Christ, and there is one God and Father over all. That's our Heavenly Father. There is one. So there's, there's this emphasis that Paul is communicating with us. There is one. I'm calling you to one. I'm calling you to unity. I want you to live in that unity. Uh, this, this last week, I, I made a trip up to Seattle. Um, I, I chose to go a, a while back. And you know how when life gets busy, you're like, oh, I don't have time for this. I really didn't feel like I had time for this. But our, our denomination had a gathering in Seattle for those of us in Oregon and Washington. So Aaron Box and I drove up together. Aaron is from our sister church in Eugene. We drove up together. Hey, if you want to get to know someone really well, drive in the car for eight hours with them. That'll do it. Four hours up there, four hours back. And we talked nonstop. Just, my goodness, he's a big talker. He is a big talker. Yeah. And I, I did a fair amount of talking, too. I loved it that we were able to just kind of go back and forth. Um, there was extreme unity in the car between the two of us. Guess what? Aaron and I don't agree on everything. Guess what? We don't have to agree on everything. We agree on like the main things. We agree on those things that like this is core. We agree on that. We met together. There was eight of us that gathered in Seattle um, because we don't have a whole lot of Mennonite Brethren churches in Oregon and Washington. I would say about half of the churches probably sent a pastor. There was extreme unity. There was extreme oneness. There was this desire for us to dwell together in unity. As brothers, we were coming together and we were praying for each other. There's nothing better than having another pastor pray for you as a pastor. So encouraging. Um, Again, we don't have to agree on everything for us to be one. Um, But there was that sense of unity in Seattle for us. I have a mentor in Lodi, California, um, who mentors me. And we talked on Thursday. Nathan, why did you enjoy it so much? Because we are one. Because as we gathered together, there was a sense of, if my brother is hurting, I pray. And I care. I want to care. There was that sense last Wednesday. Well, Paul is reminding us that there is unity. We already have unity. Now strive. Make a cognitive choice to actually maintain the unity. This is a decision that we choose. Read on, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives to his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Stop there really quick. If, if you're like getting confused, there's a lot of descension and a lot of ascension going on here. Just understand this. He's saying, hey, Jesus actually descended. He came here. The, the incarnation, God became flesh. 
God came down here, walked with us, and then he also ascended back, went back to heaven. He, he's remind us of this, but then he, he goes a step further and he says, and by the way, and when he ascended, he gave gifts. He gave gifts to all of mankind. Verse, verse 11, it was he, this, this goes on with these gifts, it was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people, that's us, for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's us, might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Jesus gave gifts. He gave these gifts, and there's five that are listed here. Now, there's other gifts that have been distributed, but there's five that are mentioned here. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or shepherd, and teacher. A week and a half ago, I, I'm in a class right now. I just, I just wrapped up a class last night at midnight. Wrapped up a class. It's, it's done. It was on business. In that class, though, had to take a, a test which just evaluated these five areas of my life. I was quite honestly a little bit, I told Aaron on the way up to Seattle, I was a little bit bummed that, okay, I'm a pastor. I honestly ranked kind of lower on the pastor shepherd. Like, you got to be kidding me. I was hoping to be higher. Evangelism was way higher than I thought it was going to rank in my life. I don't consider myself an evangelist. I, I like to share Jesus. I like to creatively come at conversation and engage in spiritual conversation. I, I was rather surprised Aaron said, oh yeah, me too. Whenever I take those tests, pastor is always like way down on the list. Okay, good. I feel better. I feel a bit better in that. Well, <clears throat> Jesus, he ascended. He gifts us. The Holy Spirit actually determines those gifts. Um, and, and these gifts are given for what purpose? Unity. To build us up. To build us up as the body of Christ. Look at just a few more verses here. 14 through 16. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blowing here and there, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Paul comes full circle again. He comes back to unity. Christ is the head. He is the one that enables us to dwell together in unity. He holds all of us together. Jesus holds Kingwood together. In closing, I ask you, what are we doing?
to help maintain the unity of the body. What are we, me and you, doing to help maintain the unity of the body right here at Kingwood Bible Church? You've probably known some people who seem to have a struggle with everything, meaning life is just a continuous battle for them. If you're going to fight for something, fight for unity. Fight for that which builds the church family. Fight for that which will strengthen the body of Christ. I didn't have my slide, my title slide up. That was unintentional. But again, working through this book of Ephesians, vibrant love for Jesus. Vibrant love for Jesus is, I believe, what causes us to dwell together in unity. My vibrant love for Jesus is what spurs me on to maintain the unity. It's what will spur you on to strive for unity here. How do we maintain unity in our body? Did you catch it again? Humility. Humility and patience. When we operate, when I operate out of humility and patience, I believe that unity is a byproduct. Unity in the church family is a byproduct. But when we fight for our own positions, our own way, when arrogance becomes our our, our mantra, then, then I think disunity is what happens. Discord is what happens. Division is what happens. Choose humility. We are one. Christ already gave us unity. He says to us, Kingwood Bible Church, here is your unity. He paid the price for it. Now we have the choice. Do I strive for that unity? Church family, let's strive for unity here at Kingwood Bible Church. It flows out of our vibrant love for Jesus. It comes about when we operate in humility and operate in patience. Lord God, I thank you that Jesus, you are the one who provided unity. By your blood on the cross, your death on the cross, by your resurrection, you make us one. I thank you for that. And Lord, I don't think that we have to live too long in the church family, any church family, to understand that there are a lot of things that can divide us. And yet this passage, as quick as we went through it, it reminds us that we are called to one. We are called to unity. And there is responsibility that I have, and there is responsibility that my brothers and sisters have here to maintain this unity. God, may we strive. May we strive for this unity here at Kingwood Bible Church. This is not my church. This is not our church. This is your church. Lord Jesus, you are the head. I'm thankful that this is your church. May you be glorified in what takes place here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.